all the things that's taking place, the whole idea of um, Jesus is out of it. They have all type of celebrations going on, office parties, you name it, <laughs> but no Jesus. Can you imagine having a birthday and nobody pay attention to you? And they're giving gifts and everything else and they won't even mention your name. I think it's so important to kind of keep that in mind. Well, we uh, we move now to uh, our, our message. Let's go back to the theme. And the theme is ordinary people and our, and our extraordinary God. <clears throat> Let's bow in prayer. Father God, as we uh, come this morning, we thank you for today. We thank you for your great love for us. Great is your faithfulness. And as we um, look at your word, help us understand about the virgin's birth. We hear it. We got to the point where it's almost commonplace, Lord, and we just want to look a little bit closer at your text and how it applies to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, again, we're dealing with ordinary people and our extraordinary God. So as we look at the uh, verse for this morning, <clears throat> Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. What a dilemma. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear uh, to take Mary as your wife, for that which she conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called, and uh, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. If you notice, there's two names there. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. For as to us, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end on the throne of David. And over his kingdom to establish it and and it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this so that's God's promise he put his whole reputation on what's going on here in our introduction we are familiar with uh Christ's birth and the miracle surrounding the uh, prophecy prophesized uh, uh, events, I'm sorry. 
Remember that a Merry Christmas rests on a solid and meaningful foundation, the Word of God. Presents, celebrations, and family gatherings are time-sensitive. All are not merry and joyful. There, there are folks right now probably fighting and have been, uh, been arguing through the whole now Christmas. Now they're together on the one roof and it's, there's no peace. They might be traditional, but Christ is often not the focus. All of the traveling, when you think about the millions of individuals who are uh, taken to the air, uh, those who are on the road and all these other things, to meet with families for a few days, and through all of this, all the things that's going on, Christ will be on the background. And yet still, this is Christ's day. This is time that we as believers recognize the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Observation. Whatever God creates is made with eternity in mind. Ecclesiastes 3.14. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been and that which is to be already has been and God seeks what has been driven away. You say, well, wow, that's a play of words. But here we're seeing God operating outside the continuum of, um, of time. And the things that we, uh, uh, and we talk about things that which we see and which was and which is to come. God says, I'm in control of all that. I stand outside of time. Sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend how are we going to live in a world that is timeless. We'll, we'll, we'll be with a timeless God, and he's called our Heavenly Father. Satan doesn't want us to think about any of this. He doesn't want us to think that um, there are times since we start questioning where did God come from. And all. We in our limited thinking, and God says, my ways are not your ways, neither my thoughts, your, your thoughts. It's the heaven is above the earth, so all my ways above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. Listen, don't worry about that. And so as we approach the text, let's go on. My aim, I desire to expand our concept, appreciation, and praise for our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. The greater understanding we have of the cradle, Christ's birth, will significantly in, enhance our appreciation of the cross, Christ's death. At Christmas, as we uh, commemorate the excellent display of God's, our Father's, great love and kind intentions, let us remember that the Christ child was given with the inevitable future of man's relationship with God and mind. If there was no no cradle, there would have been no cross, and if there would be no cross, we would not be saved. Matter of fact, that they, I forgot what Pastor Scripture said about the fact that had they known uh, uh, that uh, that if Jesus died, he would make a a, a new normal, so they wouldn't have crucified him. But you know what? They made the big mistake of crucifying our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they play right into God's hand. This world is not operating uh, topsy-turvy without God is in control of every thought, every person, 
everything that goes on, he knows. Not only now, but he knows throughout all eternity when there is time no more. That's why we need to broaden our concept when you say our father who thought enough. And I, I, I try to enter it in my prayer sincerely to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for creating me. Thank you, thank you Lord, for not only creating but saving me. I don't want to lose the importance of that. And so as we look at the, uh, the virgin's birth and uh, the dynamics around it, um, we'll be taking, uh, taking uh, a different angle as many will be doing around this time. Note, we had to be born for any chance of an eternal existence with God wouldn't have been, would have been uh, lost. Christ's birth was a planned confirmation of an inevitable and sinless existence in the presence of our Heavenly Father forever. Now, and this is a list. We were, talking, we were going around and said, well, let's write out the list. And it's just only a few. We will exist with no condemnation, no fear, no tears of sorrow, no sickness, no regrets, no stress, no enemies, no hospitals, no police. You don't need all of this stuff. We will be with the Lord forever. Can you imagine going through eternity never having a sick day? I don't know what that looked like. Going through all eternity and you're not getting any older because you see, time will be no more. God is preparing us for something that is beyond our comprehension. Uh, meanwhile, while trudging through all this mud that we're, until we get to glory, hang in there, folks. You're not forgetting, uh, forgotten. God, God loves you. Um, He's silent, but his silence does not mean absent. Okay. We're going to our next slide then. Thinking it through, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ must be viewed with a broader lens and understanding of God's master plan. Let's look at a few of them this morning. One, his sovereign plan and choice, his spectacular means of confirmation, and the various means of confirmation. Well, let's get right at it. First, his, his sovereign plan and choices. See, there were two factors we need to keep in mind. The prophecy of the Old Testament, Isaiah, was to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and Isaiah said, of course, uh, of the increase of his government and peace shall, will be no end and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth, forth and always the seal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's A. When we go to B, there's another thing that's said, the other factor. Let's click to the next slide. The proclamation of the New Testament. Behold, a virgin shall conceived and bear a son. That's what Isaiah was talking about. And he shall, shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but they knew her, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Wait a minute. What, what did the uh, angel say? That they should call his name what? His, the, the, the angel says they should call his name Emmanuel. But then Joseph turned around and he called his name Jesus. But notice the words. It says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. It says, but his name is Jesus. Joseph says, it said about this Emmanuel, God with us. In the Old Testament, it was God for us. In the New Testament, we have God with us. But who is this God for us and who is this God with us? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go on. Consider this. For us, a more meaningful Christmas is a subtle but profound revelation of purpose and a plan for our salvation is inevitable. God's timing was impeccable, standing outside of, a, of man's circumstances. God's people ordinary, but people of faith who were used in the process. God used a dream to inform, encourage, and instruct Joseph's response to an excellent but awkward situation. The world's external crisis and the conditions did not hinder God's plan. If we just back up just a little bit. What we're living in right now is a mess. Climatically, you know, socially, economically, it, everything is a mess. Do you think that stopped God? No, he mentioned it's going to get worse. See, outward circumstances does not stop God's plan. It just, just confirms God's plan. And anyone who's in leadership, anyone who, uh, and the various the various potentates throughout the um, uh, the earth here, we find that God permits all of them to sit there, and He can put them up, and He can take them down. So, well, why, why, Lord, why don't you take them down? That's a whole new story. All we know is that God has a plan for us, and sometimes the plan you find that as we look at God's plan and the people that He used. Every one of the ones that he used going through something, whether it's uh, childlessness, whether being overlooked, or God, that's where God operates in the very least. See, because he's already great. So he, uh, what you see is reaching all the way down to the very least in the most difficult circumstances to be glorified. And so unto us, a child is born, Mary could have been born back there, but no, it had to be in this stable or whatever it was, uh, laid in a feed trough. I mean, God went all the way down in order to take us all the way up. <laughs> we have a wonderful Lord, and we need to appreciate what a wonderful Lord we serve. Well, if we go on, the world's external crisis and condition did not hinder God's plan. 
the Greek conqueror Alexander the Great, the Roman uh, Empire building roads, the 400 years of silence and lack of prophetic word or the prophetic word. All, all of them that God, uh, Alexander the Great, he, he set up, he began to everyone he conquered, I told you before, he always taught individuals about the Greek. They had to learn Greek. They had to learn Greek. And so he did all of that. The Romans come along after Alexander, after Alexander, thing fell apart in his life. After Alexander, who died about 33 years old, uh, he did a tremendous thing. He was about 23 when he got started, 33 when he died, something in, the, in that uh, time frame. He did, a, he established a uh, uh, Greek and um, and all type of things, and and the Jews really appreciated what uh, Alexander was doing. Then the Roman gov government, they with their hard hand hand on individuals, began to build all the roads leading to Rome. And the Lord says, "No, that's okay because I see I need folks to come to me anyway. So I'm going to get these guys who think they're so tough to build some roads that will lead to where I am." And so the so the so the Romans are doing building all these roads. Uh, uh, you have the Greek language, the roads being built, and then you uh, run across something else. The 400 years silence, whereas they have not, they have walked in darkness for 400 years and not heard from a prophet. And we find now that um, God is ready to say at the, at the very precise time, God showed of his son. And there was God's timing. Nothing, nothing was accident. And guess what? In our lives, nothing happens to us by accident. God is in control. And what he permits you to go through, he's well capable of taking you out of. If we're not learning that, you're going to be struggling every day. People will be getting on your last nerve every day. Until we get these thoughts straight, straight now. It's number one, it's not about you. It's all about God to the glory of God. Okay. Let's make it personal. God our Father is at work in our lives, regardless of the difficulties that have that have and will challenge us on our journey home. There will not be a believer who will not undergo all type of challenges. And uh, guess what? We humans don't have the answer, only God. And there are times when God chooses not to tell us. Probably because if he did tell us, we wouldn't understand it. And so we have to trust him. And so when we talk about unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, we see God being a promise keeper. And we're well on this, this way, a time being no more. We'll be forever with him, with our Lord, in our perfect state. Those who are older understand about perfect state. All this other stuff, kind of, we kind of uh, fade off the scene. But we'll be in glory forever. His spectacular presentation. The sudden presence. When an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, about them and they were filled with fear. He was silenced. He silenced the fear factor necessary to convey the good news. 
So now we're looking at what the angels are doing. It's a presentation. The first one is the sudden presence. And Jesus Jesus Christ, and when it comes down to his birth, Jesus Christ, the angels are getting ready to announce him. But notice what the announcement is. It's to shepherds in the field. Poor folks. Uh, individuals and in our uh, folks that we don't pay attention to. Um, my uh, barber, he he on the side, he, he does, um, he's a sanitation engineer, better known as a garbage man. Do anyone really respect, you know, I'll say I really appreciate you guys doing that. But he's there messing, putting, throwing all the stuff into his truck and, and hauling it and everything else. And who cares, really? Just get it off my property. That's the thought. We look at the shepherd. We look at the shepherd and what he's going through. And uh, in the field at night, keep watch over the, the temple sheep. And... Um, and they, he was the lowest class of person. Um, it, it, for him to come try to come into the temple smelling like a sheep. <laughs> and so he's in the field taking care of the sheep that are going to be sacrificed. And God says, I'm going to give the news not to the high priest. Take it to the field. Take it to the person who's been left out. Help them to get the first news of what Israel have been looking for all of these years. Take it to the shepherds. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. So take it to the shepherds. And it went to the shepherds. And the angels made that announcement to those uh, individuals. But notice how the, the announcement, how he did it. The first thing he knew that the angels knew that they would be fearful. And I guess each one of us would have been fearful. Here we are at night. It's already, I mean, you already have animals, nocturnal animals that are going to try to get at the sheep. You're putting your life on the line. Uh, it might be cool out there, cold out there. You're exposed to the weather. It's, they do not have the pole lights like we have right here. It's black, dark. Uh, and, um, and all of a sudden, on an ordinary day, boom, angels show up. Uh, the sky lights up and it, it lights up in such a way that it's not recorded that anybody else saw it but them. There's some things that God just wants you to see. <laughs> uh, where you are and what you're going through, there's some things that just God wants you to see. But other folks won't understand it. But while you're bathing under the light of his love and, and the concern and you, the, you are the audience and these few shepherds that were taking care of the sheep who will put their lives on the line, the nobodies. God is good at dealing with nobodies and to make them somebody. Not by the standards of this world. He'll, they'll never be on television and all these other things, but they'll always be under God's sight and care. What a blessing. What a blessing. And so he says, don't fear Luke 2.10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, in other words, look at this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Said, in other words, you folks are getting news that everybody's going to experience. Right now, it's for you. It's for you. Wow. Let's go on. The clear 
declare a declaration of the promised Messiah. Luke 2, 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A, a clear declaration, a promise, direction says, here's how, here's our burden of proof. He says, here's the sign. Here go to the next one. The awesome display of praise. Luke 2.13. And suddenly, it's already, it's already a shock to see the angel show up. Then suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the ESV uh, version. And we find here that um, that the angels appear and they're in unison. The sky is now lit up with the angels. And we find that the, the shepherds have their own show and is blessing their hearts. They're already shocked that the fear factor was there. Uh, the angels comfort their hearts. And now they have the show and they're given the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which the nation of Israel had been looking for. Now it's here. Now's the time. God is stepping in to this situation. Let's go on. Their great impact on the shepherds. Luke 2.15. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. Did you notice that they didn't they didn't linger on, did you see those angels? Yeah, man, did you hear all that? No, they said, no, let us do what I was, we were told to do. Question, why is it a blessing to read about the activities of the angelic beings? My observation is that regardless of the battles in the spirit world, our father is the promise keeper. And whatever he has determined will not be hindered by the activities of Satan. During that time, the Roman Empire, during that time, the, the crooked uh, uh, religious leaders, during that time, the poverty and uh, the darkness of that time, God shows up. He's good at that. Uh, you, see the star, you see the stars better when it's dark, don't you? <laughs> at the darkest moment, you find the light of the world making, it, making its uh, debut. Here's number three. Be very patient. Various means. Taking a closer look in uh, in these verses, we are able to identify several things used in proclaiming our Savior's birth. Number one, the shepherds. The undervalued shepherds. The angelic hosts proclaiming the good news. So one, you have their status in life. Another has a command of God, go tell these guys. Then the Christ child being born for the purpose of dying for our sins. And then you have the people. In, all, in, the, in these verses, these are the key points you begin to see. And the people, the people were, were greatly impacted by this. When we think about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what they're, they're doing nowadays, 
at one point they were saying Xmas, but they changed that to uh, they, don't, they don't even say Xmas. They just simply say Happy Holidays. I don't know what a Happy Holiday is. How can you be happy if you don't know the Lord? So the folks said, "Have Happy Holidays." I, I, I can't respond to that. Have a meaningful Christmas. Ordinary people being connected with an extraordinary God. Now, now that I can connect to. And so when we say, you know, have a Merry Christmas, hey, you, you can take that. But have a blessed and meaningful Christmas. That's what it's all about. Amen. Mary's quiet response, Luke 2, 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Then there was Simeon waiting for the consolation of Israel for many years. These are the people who were involved in Christ's birth. Anna the prophetess, prophetess was waiting for the consolation of Israel for 84 years. You start doing some calculating, and then, and then, and then, and then once you got married, a husband, married for seven years, at seven years through 84, you know, and then uh, how old she was when she got, got married. She had to be over 100. Had to be over 100. Um, and yet she waited. Simeon waited. And Simeon, who said that he was a righteous man, and he said in, his, in the midst of his righteousness, he says that the Holy Spirit guided him to the temple. And the Holy Spirit said, it's, it's time. God promised you that you will not die until you see the Messiah. It's time. And so Simeon comes to the temple, and uh, he, he blessed the baby, and he gives the warning, and and he said, now let me, he said, let me depart and start, uh, silently. Let me just move off the scene. And so we see Simeon moving off the scene. Meanwhile, the seed was planted, and nobody knew that this, this seed, this mustard seed in society, will become the, the savior of the world. The insignificant Christ will become the one that will bring us to the full relationship with God, fully acquitted of our sins. And of that, I thank God. Well, uh, you've been very patient. Uh, consider this review the account of the birth of Christ. It should delight our hearts that God our Father has gone to great lengths to secure our salvation and present us uh, righteous by the blood of Christ. Then we have one that should be one last thing. Let us adjust our lens and recognize that this is the season with a purpose and a meaning. Jesus is the reason for the season and is not predicated on what we have in our hands, gifts and what have you what we have in our hearts. We come together this morning with that whole idea. What's in our hearts? What is it that we have that when we come before the Lord, he's glad to see you through the day. He's glad to see you today. Matter of fact, when you decide to come through the door, he's looking more at your heart than the fact that you came to a building. And we ought to praise him and thank him 
And you know, have you ever done something for folks and they never said thank you? I, I know some of you mothers who have cooked meals, they eat it up everything, and not one of them say, mmm, that was good, or thank you so much for putting your time. It's, it's not, they're always asking, and what are we going to have for tomorrow? Or what are we going to have? For? It's always that next meal. You know, we need to take time. What a wonderful time for, for believers. It's not about a, about a Santa Claus spelled backwards as Satan Claus. But when you see Santa's Claus, you look at this whole idea of gifts, givings, and everything else. But for believers, we come and we recognize, Lord, we look back at the cradle. We look at the cross and we look at our future and the fact that you love us with an everlasting love. And we thank you for that. My prayer is that for those who might be even hearing this um, by blog, whatever we use, the whole idea is that if you don't know Christ, then you're still in darkness. Okay. Jesus Christ, when he came in the flesh and he came in darkness and they comprehended him not, they didn't even recognize him. If they didn't recognize Jesus, don't be bit out of shape. They don't recognize you. What does that have to do with your righteousness? So as we are bowed in prayer, my prayer is that you have a very blessed and meaningful Christmas. And that this Christmas, God will be glorified. That's our Father God. Oh, we thank you for this time together. And for those on the sound of my voice and for the children that who do not know you as Savior, may they come to know you in a very special way and understand your heart. You are an extraordinary God, an impeccable record that you have in reaching lives. Thank you for all that you have done. And we're praying, Lord, that they recognize that they can't save themselves. They were born in sin. And if the only way that they can be saved is to recognize that they they are sinners that can't say to themselves that Jesus Christ, being God in the flesh, died for their sins and rose again. And all they had to do is accept him as Savior. May this be the turning point in their lives. It was in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.